Hello, and welcome to the Experience Utah podcast. My name's Ty Erickson, and I'll be your host. We will be talking about everything to do with Utah, especially how to experience Utah the way it was intended. Let's get started. This is episode seven of the Experience Utah podcast. I bring on good friend Chad Atkinson again. We talk about everything Salt Lake, the things we recommend as far as where to stay, where to eat, things to do. Let's go ahead and get started on the episode. Chad, welcome back to the Experience Utah podcast. Hey, Ty, how's it going? Good, really good. Uh, today we're talking Salt Lake City, um, which... Uh, really encompasses a majority of Utah or how people view Utah. Um, obviously, it's the capital of Utah. So um, excited to go over that and make some suggestions for some people that are either looking to visit or coming to visit us. Um, so let's let's jump right into it. I wanted to start with talking a little bit about the the history of Salt Lake. Most people that come in, that's kind of their initial question is, we kind of assume living in what we call our bubble in Utah, we assume people know about Utah, but uh, most people that come from bigger markets or bigger cities aren't that versed on, on Utah. And so they'll mm-hmm. kind of ask that initial question of like, well, what's, what's Salt Lake City all about and where did it come from and what are the industries and what's going on there? So I just wanted to take a few minutes. Um, I'm no historian and Chad, you're probably a little bit more versed on this than I am. Um, and then it's a little bit of a a tricky conversation talking about the history, not necessarily in a bad way, but because it really ties in so much into religion. Um, and I, I would like to refrain (laughs) from that conversation, um, just because, well, no, I think think it's a good thing, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Especially with that, that conversation. But I think in this context, when it comes to Salt Lake city and the pioneers and and the history that it's come to is, I think it's a good thing. I think that we've seen a lot of changes, positive changes in Utah over the last, what, 10 to 20 mm-hmm. years of, uh, of this growth and this progress. But I also think it's this hidden gem that because of this, of the pioneer heritage and those that came out here, um, it kind of, you know, it did push people away maybe because of the religion for a while. But I think now, with just the access of transportation and visiting and travel and whatnot, um, people are coming to Utah and it's just this hidden gem and we see more and more people moving to Utah every single day. Well, and I don't think this is factual. This is just what I've heard through the grapevine, whether it be, you know, tour guides, other people that are very versed on the history of Utah, but Temple Square, I believe is one of the most visited places in the United States. And from what I heard, and and I think I watched some PBS special or something, um, (laughs) that people that originally why they did start to come here is because there was all these rumblings about the religion and the temple being built and, you know, what are they up to and what's going on? And because a lot of the history was from the persecution of the the pioneers coming, uh, you know, from back east and overseas and everything else coming for religious reasons that people heard all of these um, rumors or stories about, you know, all the hoopla that was going on. And so it really drove people to kind of come see what was going on 
uh, to Temple Square. I, I don't know how factual that is, but I, I think I remember seeing something on TV. And, and I've kind of done some diving in myself to just learn a little bit more of our, our history because it, uh, it, well, it is pretty interesting. Yeah, I believe that 100% because, I mean, again, it goes back to that, that mystery almost of the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Temple Square, I think that's a good, they've done a great thing by opening it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, now it's this huge missionary tool, I think. Yeah. But, you know, for people that come, they, they come because they're genuinely curious. They want to know and they want to know what's going on with all this Mormon stuff. And they come and they see the temples and, and whatnot. And so they come and they want to know. And I think that's a, again, that's a good thing. And, you know, going back to, a little bit of the history we're talking mid to early 1800s when the mormon religion and those that followed the church they i mean they were seeking religious freedom they were planning on going west maybe even into mexico but they were seeking religious freedom and that wasn't utah because... a part of mexico at the time it, it from what i had heard that it, it it wasn't settled that it was still the western side of the united states was considered mexico i yeah i don't know exactly when that We'd have to look that up to see exactly when the United States purchased Mexico and that all became. But, yeah, it was all still very much. I mean, these guys were the, the, the Mormon followers and the pioneers of the Salt Lake region. They were leaving Illinois at the time specifically just to religious persecutions. And they wanted to practice and believe the way they wanted mm-hmm. to. And it was very much we are leaving. Yeah. And hand carts, you know, horses, buggies across the West. And um but, you know, it's also interesting because once they were able to get here in Salt Lake and start settling throughout the state of Utah, you know, it's that little bit of the, the Mormon religion identity that maybe people, it pushed people away for some time. But again, I think because of that, almost it's that hidden jewel. And people talk about Utah as the crossroads of the West. And, and, uh, and you know, it, it is interesting now with, again, travel, people moving, people able to live where they want to live, or they see the benefits here in Utah. And you know, I think it's not that scary place where all the Mormons lived anymore. I think it's a beautiful place that we see a lot of progress and growth and development. Well, and if you can imagine, you know, sticking with the, the history aspect of it, if you can imagine the, the pioneers coming in and we see Salt Lake as it is now, it's green, it's plush. You know, obviously we're in a desert and people come in here and they don't really understand. They're like, this this isn't the desert that I thought it would be. Everybody says Utah's a <laughs> desert state. And a lot of that is because of what has been established in the early years of how they've irrigated it and pushed the water down and watered. And But if you can imagine the pioneers coming in at that day and age back in the 1800s, they get here. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe from what I know that they, they came in right in the middle of winter and you're out in this desolate desert that's freezing cold, um, snowing and, you know, Brigham Young. Um, the one that essentially led them in was like, hey, this is the place. And people are looking around going, wait, what? what like we're in the about? middle of winter. <laughs> there's no food. There's no nothing. And so as I know it, the Indians were actually integral in that play as well. And in our state flowers, the sago lily. And from my knowledge, the reason why is because that's how they survived is the Indians showed them how to pull up the bulbs out of the ground, the sago lily bulbs and and eat. Yeah. Um and so it is interesting because Salt Lake is such a beautiful place and there's so much to do here, but I can only imagine as they first came in they were, and he's like, this is the place, this is where we're planting our flag. And they're going, <laughs> what in the world? We're in the middle of nowhere in a frozen desert with nothing. Well, I think it was, 
Well, July 24th. I think it was July mm-hmm. when they came in, but oh, still, no, that's, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, well, but well, but still, but even that alone, you come to a desert, and you know this is the place where we're going to settle mm-hmm. and make our our Zion, our our religious utopia. And I would imagine, yeah, you're right. They look at this desert, and in July, the heat of July, mm-hmm. which we all know, July and August in Utah is very mm-hmm. hot. What do these people have to do? They have to make preparations, whatever they can, to get food seed in the ground if they even can at that point to even get food and supplies to last them through the upcoming winter and um you know and yeah the 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 native americans were crucial in that one thing that's also interesting there were settlements in utah before i believe there actually was a kf utah up in ogden Mm. (laughs) Um, but but yeah in this particular region and you know most of utah was unsettled and and even that alone once they got to utah then brigham young the president of the church at the time just ordered families um, to go throughout the region and settle. And that's one thing that's interesting. You find a lot of smaller towns throughout Utah, and it shows they were settled in 1848. I mean, the mm-hmm. pioneers got here in 1847, and he did. They, the, the president just sent people all throughout the valley, all throughout the state, rather, and just settled all these little towns, which, you know, again, it's fascinating to me. is Once you get to this utopia, then the president says, okay, go – a hundred miles south and find a place that you can call your own town. Mm-hmm. Well, and I didn't know <laughs> yeah, this for, you know, 30 plus years, but there's actually, when you go downtown in Salt Lake and you drive around, you'll see there's a kind of a Greek establishment and there'd be maybe another ethnicity, you know, different uh, people from different countries that have come over where, like you're saying, when they went and established, those are still standing today that have gone through the generations and you'll yeah. see the different dynamics downtown, and and that's all historic stuff from families that have come in from overseas and then established. And you may see a Greek restaurant, a Greek themed this or that, exactly. Um, which which is kind of cool because that kind of goes back to the beginning of time. And then also Pioneer Park, which nowadays is known a little bit differently, you know, in the in the Salt Lake Valley. But Pioneer Park was named Pioneer Park because that's where they all congregated. And then they went from there to go get established throughout the valley. Well, yeah. And speaking of that heritage, which I love, is a lot of these smaller cities and towns throughout Utah have what are known as sister cities or sister towns. They had a certain heritage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they would, like like Midway. Midway, Utah is outside of Park City, um, has a very Swiss, very Swiss thing yeah. because of the heritage of those people that settled that area they wanted to you know, re- well retain that heritage and you have a lot of these towns that have you know again like you're saying a greek or, or a dutch or a danish um, background like for example a whole manti valley is all our sampi county is is full of a lot of the the dutch uh, saints that were you know all here and they came and they kind of settled that valley together so i love that they did you know retain that heritage but they came here because they wanted to start brand new. So with that in mind and the history and everything, a, a few spots that are kind of cool is this is a place heritage park, um, which is a cool kind of historic where they've recreated uh, a pioneer town. A lot of people go up there, spend time. There's different events, different stuff that goes on up there. And it's actually right across the street from Hogle zoo. So if somebody wants mm-hmm. to do something historic, that's a great place. Obviously temple square is kind of the epicenter. I, you know, I tell people it's, it's kind of hard to come into Salt Lake and not go to Temple Square. I don't know if you've really seen Salt Lake unless yeah. you've gone to Temple Square. That's our epicenter of, of downtown, really. And that, that's where, I mean, they brought everything back downtown with City Creek. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of where a lot of people go anyways. 
And um, one thing, and one thing with Temple Square um, and the temple itself, I'm not sure if if that's been announced. I know what was announced it earlier this year, but the temple itself is going to be closed for yeah. four years. They're going over major renovations, and even parts of Temple Square will be closed. Even though they're keeping Temple Square and, and the visits and the tours open. Mm-hmm. Um, most on the west side, I've heard of Temple Square, uh, oh. but a lot of the you mean like the the wall surrounding and some of the really really interesting places and give that character will be redone. Uh, mostly because of I mean it's old. <laughs> I mean some of these structures are very very old. Well, and a lot of it is for uh, natural disasters as well to update it essentially to, yep, to code it. Yeah. Well, and I know they've been making a big push to let people know, like, hey, we're keeping our visitor centers open. I don't I'm not sure which ones or how that's going to evolve over time. Um, I don't know either, but it will be a construction zone for four years. And, you know, I don't know what it will be like, but it will be interesting to see, you know, the tours and the visits and and if they can keep the visits. I know they're making a big push to do that. And the reality is, is most people know this coming in. Some don't. But the temple is not open to the public regardless. So um, it's not like you you would go in and visit that anyways. Some people come in and they don't understand the dynamics there and they think it's like a traditional. That's very true. Most of the people that I talk to that come in from out of state think that it's like a traditional church and it's not. Yeah, like, a, like a Catholic cathedral. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not. So it's not a building that you go in and visit anyways. You know, somebody's listening to this from, from outside that, that doesn't know that. Um but really the beauty of the grounds and the building and everything else is, is really what you want to see anyways, especially during the holidays year round is beautiful, but I always tell people the magical time is, is during the holidays. Obviously Utah is predominantly a, a Christian society. So they really go all out. It's kind of like a Disneyland of Christmas. It really is. And it evolves every year. So it, it continually gets better. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that's kind of the, the, the basis on the history, obviously you can go back and, and read more. I mean, we could spend endless hours on, on the history of, of it, but the gist is that the fi- the pioneers came over back East and from overseas and through persecution, pushed them into salt Lake. They settled here and uh, you know, ha- have developed salt Lake and Utah in general into really a magical place, a great place and very well thought out and planned out like the streets, the, um, just everything you can tell is very well thought out, very clean, very well maintained. Um, most people that we talk to that haven't been here before will tell tell us this is the literally the cleanest place we've ever seen. And and it probably is. I mean, you'll see people downtown. I saw someone uh, a few weeks back that was wiping down the, the lights that were shooting up on a building, you know, from the ground. I, you just don't. I don't, I don't think in major cities you see that. I mean, they're wiping down the tops of door sills and stuff on the exterior. And I think that's super rare, especially people that I talk to that are coming from big, bigger cities. They're telling me that their cities are getting dirtier and dirtier. And ours has is, is really been maintained. And then on top of that, as a society, you'll notice our movie theaters. Like you go, you know, thanks to the, the Miller family, the, the arena and anything that, that they're involved in are very clean super clean you don't Absolutely. feel like you're in this you know major public um restrooms or anything else just very 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 clean um you feel very safe very well done that is actually one thing that i do hear constantly from not only clients visitors but a lot of people that come from out of state is 
that alone is it's just clean. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, Utah in general, is it's just a clean state. I think a lot of that is from not only from the government and cities, you know, taking care of our city, but also from the citizens and the residents themselves. Yep. We, you know, we also want a clean community. Yep. And if so, if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, um, Utah is a pretty drawn out state. It's pretty separated out. Um, so when I talk to people um, that are coming to Utah, they'll they don't really understand our grass, and I don't expect them to of uh, the separation between you know the Red Rock and Salt Lake City. Most people think, oh, cool, I'll go into Salt Lake City, and then I'll go see you know Zion and Bryce and all that stuff that stuff is very spread out. So when we're talking about Salt Lake city, we're talking about Northern Utah, totally different landscape. Um, you're talking, that's where the skiing is not saying there is some skiing down South, but it's not, if you're coming into ski, normally you're not saying, Oh, I'm going to Southern Utah to go hit up, you know, Brian head or, uh, some of the other resorts down there. Um, but Salt Lake is what we consider Northern Utah. Salt Lake Valley incorporates a lot of different, you know, larger cities, um, uh, very domesticated, you know, area. And most big cities are that way now. I think about Minneapolis and pretty much every city within a vicinity of Minneapolis is considered Minneapolis. Salt Lake's the same way. If somebody asks me, you know, even though I'm in Sandy or Draper, Utah, um, if anybody outside of the state asks me, you know, we're in Salt Lake, we're in Salt Lake County. So, um, but yeah, it is Northern Utah, um, very, what would you say? I mean, mountains, would you say more of a, a granite setup or what, as, as far as the mountains go, what, what's the best way to describe that between Northern Utah and Southern Utah? Yeah, mostly, you know, it is a pretty staunch, um, difference, uh, mostly because you get up in the Northern side of the, the Northern side of Utah, you get a lot of the spruce trees, pines, mm-hmm. aspen trees, uh, more green, more mountainous. Yeah granite um but then when you get down into southern utah it's more the red rock right mm-hmm. sandstones um in the trees and more the juniper and sage again that that is the fascinating thing about utah is you get about three or four hours in any direction and you can get just about any environment any activity that that you'd like to do and it is because of that diverse environment that we have and to clarify the the national parks there's obviously a ton of beautiful areas to see up here in the Salt Lake side and the Wasatch mountains and ton of places to hike. But as far as the red rock goes, you're a good three, four hours away from Salt Lake. Uh, so not saying you couldn't drive down there, but it, you know, it's, it's a decent drive. If you're coming into Salt Lake, yeah. you would have to plan out probably at least a separate day, a few days to go trek down that way. And then your major airports located in Salt Lake. Now you can, you know, Cedar City Airport and St. George is growing, but it's not like you can just fly in there on demand. Like you're going to have selective flights and more than likely everything I is going to be. I think St. George, yeah, I think St. George is back open now after their major renovation mm-hmm. and it is considered an international airport. It is growing. I think you get more and more flights that are available mm-hmm. now. Um, but yeah, same with Provo. Provo is another one that's another option if you're going the southern end of the valley of Salt Lake or Utah Valley. But again, Flights might be limited. Yeah. Uh, and Salt Lake City's about, I, I mean, it's only five, 10 minutes from downtown. But if you're coming into the Salt Lake Valley, you know, you're within 20, 30 minutes of everything, whether you're skiing, whether you're visiting, you know, family in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, it, super accessible. And then uh, Park City's only about 20, 30 minutes out 
from Salt Lake City. So Park City's not far. Um, it's on the the uh, that'd be considered to be the east side of the mountain. East, yeah. I always get turned around up there, but um, so yeah, that kind of gives a basic explanation. Hopefully, if if you haven't been here before, that kind of gives you a little bit of context of Salt Lake, Northern Utah, and kind of your whereabouts of where things are. And then the other thing is that I always like to mention is Salt Lake. And especially if you start getting into Park City or up in the mountains, you're a higher elevation. So it, it doesn't happen very often, but there is such thing as, as uh, uh, altitude sickness. It's not elevation sickness. I don't know why I'm losing my words there, but um, there is such thing. I always tell people to stay hydrated, uh, especially if it's warm here. Um, you know, you do have to be conscious of the sun and, and you are at a higher elevation. It's not the same as being somewhere else. So you have to be conscious of, of hydration. Um, on top of that, I, I don't, do you feel like you hear people are like, Oh man, I get up into the mountains and I can hardly breathe. I don't really hear that very often, but I guess I'm used to it too. So the next thing I want to discuss is what's Salt Lake known for. I just listed a few things here. There's probably so many different things, but obviously the Utah jazz, um, even as I go out of the country, when I go out of the country, uh, you mentioned Utah and people, you know, oh yeah, Utah jazz, you know, they, they definitely connect Utah to that. And there, there's also a history behind that. Um, that's the reason why the Utah jazz are here. And I would recommend, uh, if anybody wants to read a good book or a biography driven uh, about Larry H. Miller's life is a super cool book to kind of hear the history of the Utah jazz. It's pretty miraculous that we even have an NBA team and it's thanks to Larry H. Miller and their family. But um, so we already talked about Temple Square, obviously the snow, um, the summer is great here. So we get four diversified seasons. Uh, the Utah Utes, uh, University of Utah football is now on the map. It, it pretty much, in my opinion, has been ever since we had Urban Meyer back in the early 2000s. And then when they joined the Pac-12, uh, Utah football is really on the map. And then lately, uh, Silicon Slopes. I mean, it seems like every major tech company is coming out of Utah. So I, what would you add to that, Chad? If someone said, hey, what, what is Salt Lake? Uh, what is Salt Lake known for? What's its kind of identifier? Um, I mean, those are the big ones. Obviously, Temple Square, the Utah Jazz, the Utah Utes are definitely coming up. Snow, skiing. You mentioned the seasons, and that's one thing that I, I love actually is I've lived outside of Utah. I've seen, you know, I've lived in, in, in climates where you don't get the four seasons. And just because of the outdoor activities that we have here in Utah, just the seasons are incredible. I mean, they really are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting outside, exploring just the mountains and national parks. These are things that um, Utah cherishes and we take a lot of pride in. I think those are some of the big, big staples that we have as far as Utah in general. Now, of course, there's some of the smaller things depending on what we're talking about but yeah those are and against i mean you mentioned silicon slopes that's a big thing that's happening is utah is a great place for business one thing that uh you mentioned silicon slopes that's one thing that i find really interesting because utah is a great place for business uh the governor here utah has made it very welcoming for outside businesses to come to utah and they're doing a great job obviously within the technology industry um, but in a lot of other industries, people are coming to Utah because housing has been relatively inexpensive in comparison to other states, but it's definitely rising. 
Um, the workforce here is, is incredible, great employees, good wages. Um, but you do see that shift in people from outside of Utah coming to Utah and seeing the benefits here and staying. And that does help. I mean, it does make things a little crowded, but at the same time, it does bring more diversity, more progress, jobs. Um, all these things are great for our Utah economy. Well, and I think it gives credit, too, to the quality of people and the schooling and the way our environment is, because a lot of these bigger companies that are being evaluated, you know, at hundreds of millions to over billions of dollars are, are homegrown. Absolutely. And local people that are growing it, which is pretty impressive. I always tell people, you know, if you watch Shark Tank, usually there's like one person every episode that's from Utah, it seems like. I know exactly. that's exaggerating, but it, there is quite a few people from Utah on Shark Tank as you watch it. Yeah, I agree. And there is, you know, as far as entrepreneurship or, or progress or technology, these are places, there's a lot of different groups and societies here in Utah that really focus on that and looking for a change and looking for solutions to bigger problems. So I, I really like that. So as a side note, um, if you're a, a friend, family, um, you know, close to us and we've invited you in and, and you've been invited to stay at one of our properties, we do have property in Salt Lake um, and in Draper, um, which is in the Salt Lake Valley. And everything that we're talking about in this episode would apply to um you know, anything that, that we have in Salt Lake. I just, as a side note, um, just wanted to mention that. Uh, moving on to what there is to do, and I know we've kind of talked about some of the sites and, and different stuff, but um, wanted to talk a little bit more in detail about what there is to do. Most people that I talk to um, that come in and visit uh, want to come in and ski. That's kind of, you're either, the two main things from somebody from the outside looking in, it's, it's usually either skiing or Southern Utah to the national parks. There's obviously a ton more to do, but I, I did want to touch on uh, when people are coming in to ski, it's not, it's totally different from Colorado. Uh, not similar in that way. I, I've never skied in Colorado, but I know talking to several people from Colorado, you're quite a ways out from the resorts. Um, on top of that, I don't think there's as many resorts as there is, here in Utah and even in the, in the Salt Lake Valley or near yeah. area, um, in close proximity, that's, that's the main key is. Yeah. And you're, you're 20, 30 minutes out from any resort. And I just wanted to kind of clarify and Chad, you're more versed on this than I am, but I'll touch on it and then I'll let you talk about it more. But, um, you know, there's park city, which is, as we talked about on the East side of the mountain, that's Deer Valley Resort. That's Park City Resort. That's uh, what we kind of consider is, well, it's still Park City Canyons, right? It's changed names a few different times. Yeah. Um, Deer Valley does not allow snowboarding. So Deer Valley and Alta, which is on the west side of the mountain, which we'll talk about, does not allow snowboarding. So if you're coming to snowboard, what I typically recommend, Brighton would be the first choice. Uh, Canyons is a good spot. That's always been known as a snowboarding spot. Um so for me, it would be Brighton, the canyons, and then probably Solitude. And I, everybody's going to have a different opinion on that. Um, but So you've got in the Park City Valley, you've got, again, Dare Valley, Park City Resort, and what we consider the canyons. I think it's canyons at Park City now. Um, and then on the west side, uh, which is 
I don't know, this is a bold statement, but I would say probably where more of the locals, at least the people that I associate with, um, ski or snowboard more on the west side, which would be Solitude, Brighton, Alta, Snowbird. Um, and those are my favorite. I, I love Solitude if you're a beginning skier. Uh, you know, I suck at skiing, so Solitude <laughs> is a great... Not Not that it has bad slopes. It just, for me it's much more user-friendly um, and it so is. is Brighton. And then I think of Snowbird and Alta, which are two amazing resorts. But when I think about that, it's usually my friends that are a little bit better um, at skiing. And I'm not saying, I know they can take anybody. They do ski schools. They do. And they're, they're phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but that's just the way I've seen it. Yeah. Being a, a you know, a local, um, what would you, what would you add to that? I would agree. I think <clears throat> Alta and Snowbird, I mean, yes, they do have more of the beginner runs, but I think they are more for an advanced skier, mm-hmm. especially Snowbird, especially when you get up to the tram. Um, many years ago, Snowbird actually opened up the backside of their mountain, which is called Mineral Basin. <clears throat> and again, it's incredible snowing or skiing, incredible snow up there, but it, it might be more for an, for an advanced skier. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, every one of these places have beginner runs they have ski schools they have you know all sorts of rental and and guides which is great but i think if um you're coming here for the first time solitude bright might be a great place to start out with Mm -hmm. obviously with park city any of the park city resorts cater but um for something a little more advanced i would say alton snowboard would be the way to go yeah and there and again there's gonna be a price variation right i mean absolutely at park city they they do compete yeah, they do compete for pricing. Um, you know, Park City is much bigger. They do have a lot more um, acreage. Um, but at the same time, it really depends on what, what you're looking for and what time of the season it is. When was the last snowfall? I mean, these are all questions that really, really play a big part. And I would also say this. Everybody thinks of the ski resorts as for winter. They have stuff going on all summer. They've got phenomenal restaurants. Uh, Park City's super fun. That's where, you know, they've got zip lines. They've got the, the Alpine coaster. They've got a ton of stuff to do in the winter. Or, I mean, sorry, in the summer. So I wouldn't just bypass them of like, oh, you only go up there um, in the winter. You've got mountain biking. You've got – they've always got something going on. Uh, oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we touched on that in our Park City podcast. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. People do think of, you know, coming to Utah for the snow. But if you – do come in the summer i mean again the, these ski resorts are open year round they have a lot going on um and even and so, more yeah, so that, every year it becomes more and more that way they do they want more people to come in in the summer there's i mean they do summer movie nights they do my uh, mountain bike trails um they do shows they do i mean it's incredible october really fest is. is huge now Mm-hmm. I actually think Alpine that's become a, a, a national draw. Oktoberfest has pulled a lot of people in just because it's, it's unique. But I agree. Um, it's a lot of fun. So other stuff to do in the winter would be snowmobiling. Um, for lazy people like myself, it, it's, it's a good option to go cruise <laughs> there's around. Nothing, there's nothing lazy about that. <laughs> no, I know. But it, it just it seems like it would be a little bit more friendly. But no, it, and I tell people that. People are like, oh, cool. I want to go you know, cruise around in the snow. It's not like a wave runner. It's not like a, a four wheeler. It does take some practice. It does take some getting used to. And it's, it's pretty, 
intensive, pretty body intensive, because those are big machines. And it takes a lot to move them if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but I do recommend that people go experience it for sure. I agree. It's a lot of fun. Um, the other thing is Sundance. Everybody is, is really, you know, familiar with Sundance. If you talk to anybody outside of Utah, Sundance just keeps getting bigger. Um, you know, I definitely recommend it, it used to be the type of thing too. And tell me, Chad, if you have a, a different view on this, but Sundance used to be more of an exclusive thing. It was hard to get tickets for. Yeah, it actually was. And, um, that's one thing that they've also opened things up more, totally. not only in the winter, but in the summer, they're opening up restaurants. Um, they're doing again, a, a lot more shows in the park. Um, Sundance is a really great option is, again for the winter time for skiing because they, their ski resort actually isn't as big, nearly as big as these others. And it's relatively inexpensive and it's a great place to start. Right. But not only then you go there, ski all day long, but come back, they have phenomenal restaurants. Um, and just an incredible mountain experience. And then on the other side where there can be a little bit of confusion too, when people hear Sundance, you've got Sundance Resort, you've got Sundance Film Festival. And Sundance Very Film true. Festival it is not in Sundance. I think they might have some things. Um, where the tie-in there is with Robert Redford, obviously Robert Redford, Sundance, yeah. uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids film that and and i don't know that exact story but obviously there's there's tie in there from the naming and everything else but sundance film festival their headquarters are actually just right up the street um, from our home in park city um and and that's accessible as well sundance film festival used to be the type of thing there was very limited uh seating very limited showings it was usually all the celebrities were there and you had to kind of know um know somebody in order to, to get into work. the movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and nowadays it's not that way. You can go on their website, you can get tickets to whatever you want. I mean, for, for the most true. part, it's very open to the public. I It actually reminds me now of kind of like a mini uh, Olympics when the Olympics were here, just because they've got all the sponsors here. They've got so much stuff going on, different get-togethers, different parties, different. Uh, so true. Sundance Film Festival, if you're a movie buff, I if you ask me, there's no better place you could be if you enjoy watching movies. And then if you're a, and, and, and I don't want to get too out of context on this because a lot of this is to do with park city. And we talked about that, but a lot of it is spilling into salt Lake. There's a ton of stuff that goes on in salt Lake just because it's gotten so big that park city can't house at all. But yeah, I agree. Um, there's that. And then not to venture too much into, but you'll kind of notice there's a lot of crossover because park city is only 30 minutes out. Um, during the winter, you know, I recommend dog sledding, dog sledding, uh, Los Lunas Lobos is a great option there. Um, there's sledding, uh, during the winter in Salt Lake. There's, you know, if you need recommendations, we can definitely give them. Um, but there's a lot of great sledding spots, parks, schools, um, even up yeah, towards one the thing resorts. I'm not sure. Have you seen this? It's right on, on, on I-80 on the way up to Park City. I mean, it used to be this really decent sized sledding. Yeah, park. it was Gord Goza. Go there, big, yeah, and now um, Woodward yep. Park is the, is the one building there, and they have a huge resort in Tahoe. And Woodward Park, it looks impressive. It really does. And I can't wait for that thing to be built because it has skiing, sledding, year-round activities. Um, it looks really, really impressive. Yep, and they're going to have a skate park. They're going to – yeah, it'll, mm -hmm. it'll be – year round and and again you're only 20 30 minutes out especially if you're closer to to downtown salt lake you're 
probably exactly. even a 15 minute shot depending on time of day but yeah um yeah so sledding and then obviously the utah jazz we got the utah jazz i you know i'm i'm a big fan so i'm like i i tell people i don't know if you're in you know between october and hopefully we'll say june right if they're in the finals <laughs> but but if you're here in between that time you got to check it out um Another thing that's year round that I always tell people is Ken Diggett Design, which is uh, the show on the, it's not the Velocity Channel anymore. I think it's the Motor Trend Channel, but Bitch and Rides. Oh, yeah. Definitely something yep. that if you're a car person, you got to go see. Um, they're really one of a kind. Uh, and then you've got Real that's Salt right. Lake. Soccer's huge here. And that's actually in, in Sandy, Utah, which is just about 15, 20 minutes south of Salt Lake. Um, if, if you're a soccer fan, uh, we've literally got, uh, I think we've won the championship. I know we've won it once. I, I believe it's actually been twice. Like we're a legit team. We're always competitive. And, uh, I know our attendance is like top three in the league. So when you go, it's, it's got an explosive environment. So it's super fun. And same with the jazz, you know, the jazz have always been known for, well, yeah, and, and it's the same thing even with the youth right now. We talk yeah. about some of these main, even sports pillars, and I think it kind of goes back to maybe Utah being viewed as, oh, it, you know, it's interesting, it's, you know, it's weird, we don't want to go there, and that might have been, you know, 20 years ago. Um, but I think what's really changing is the perception of Utah, the growth of Utah, the, mm-hmm. you know, influx of people moving to Utah. And then you see these, I mean, Utah, you, you still kind of think of it, I think, almost as the small town good old boys club some ways. And with these these sports teams, what they have done is you always see these bursts of when they get really good and it kind of draws national attention. Mm-hmm. And you have that with the Jazz, with the Utes, with uh, Real Salt Lake. And it's it's great to really see some of this this progress and this interest in Utah. And people see it as really a great place. Chad and I are Utah fans, so BYU is kind of falling, <laughs> falling off. The Notice I didn't, I didn't mention BYU. In that. I mean, if you want to go to a game and you don't care whether they're winning or not, I mean, by all means. <laughs> yeah. No, BYU, they're, you know, again, I'm a local sports guy. I love local sports. I love college sports. Um, NFL's okay, but BYU is one of those teams that they have always been a local institution. They're owned by the LDS religion. And even when they went to their independent conference, it's like they're just like a Notre Dame, mm-hmm. right? It's, there's a team for every flavor. Yep. And, and I think that they're always going to be there. But anyway, I just and don't they think that they're beautiful, ever going to be. They've got a beautiful campus, beautiful stadium. Yeah. The mountain backdrop is, is awesome. I mean, especially if you're coming from out of state and you're going to see maybe another school. Uh, uh, their stadium, which is Lavelle Edwards, would be exactly. a, is a yeah. great place to go watch a game. No, Provo is an interesting place. I mean, if someone's coming from out of state <laughs> and going to visit Provo, or you know, specifically going to BYU, I mean, for that type of crowd, you'll love it. Provo is a college town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has the stadium and and uh, all the history there, all the campuses. I mean, it really is a cool place. And BYU. I mean, you have a big Y up on the mountain. You can hike the Y. I mean, again, it's a cool place if that's, if that's what people are exactly looking for. I think that now, again, with more recognition with, with University of Utah, you have a lot more people coming from out of state, specifically going there, not only, you know, football, obviously, but because of their medical 
um, research facilities that they have up here. Yeah, and and just to define, BYU is about 30 minutes south. Well, it's probably longer than that from if you're downtown. You're probably a good 45 minutes south of Salt Lake City um, down to Provo, just so people understand if they're coming in to stay in here in the Salt Lake Valley, you're, you're probably a 30, 45 minute drive down to Provo, especially if you were going to a, a BYU game or something. Um, yeah. So BYU is not in the Salt Lake Valley. It's what we call Utah County and it's, it's further down South, not way down there, but you know, you're 30, 45 minutes out. Yeah. Um, so that kind of gives context on uh, some stuff to, to do in the winter. And then also in uh, the Salt Lake Valley, I did want to touch on like boating's a big thing here. Uh, Salt Lake, you've got not in obviously not in the Salt Lake Valley, um, but you've got Deer Creek and Jordanell. Um, Utah Lake is not a boating option, um, <laughs> no. at least not to me. But uh, Great Salt Lake, just to define too, that is not. <laughs> it's the mm-hmm. the se- second saltiest and dead body water in the world. So. Definitely not a not saying you can go out to the Great Salt Lake, go see it. There's even people that will take boats out on it, um, but you just have to More realize sailboats. Yeah, sailboats, and you know it, it's going to be super hard on a boat. But on top of that, you don't want to be <laughs> falling into no, that salty a, water. <laughs> it is called the Salt Lake for a reason. Yeah. I remember going out. And I, we had an aunt that would take us out there. I remember as a kid going out there swimming, which now I think is kind of crazy, but. <laughs> I'll never forget one time. We're still I mean, alive. I think we just went we there all to did visit. it when we were young. Yeah. We're still alive. Exactly. But I remember going out there and literally floating in the water, not swimming, yeah. just because of the salt. I mean, yeah, you don't want to go boating on, on, on the salt lake. And don't get me wrong, there is beautiful spots out at, at salt, you know, at the actual salt lake. But at, what I would when, recommend is you take a tour and you go to the right spots because if you just drive out there and you don't know where you're going, you're going to go out there and be like, this is just a giant cesspool. Of well, stinky. exactly. And, and one thing, because the Salt Lake is what it is, you, you know, we have the Bonneville Salt Flats, which right. is another huge draw. Yeah. Um, you also have, because of the sulfur and the salt, um, we have incredible sunsets. That's actually one thing mm-hmm. that people do talk about a lot. Um, but also one little gem out there is the is uh, Antelope Island. Yeah. That's one thing that people kind of largely forget is this large island out there. I guess it's not really an island anymore because the Salt Lake has lost so much water. Right. But um, is the buffalo? Yeah. You go out there on Antelope Island, and there is large herd of buffalo, natural living wild buffalo that have always remained on the island. It's pretty pretty interesting. And it, it's affordable. I would re- I always recommend to people to go take a tour. I mean, we refer to to city tours, um, and they yeah. do a great job. And I, I've gone and, and attended their tours, and they're phenomenal at what they do. I, I do recommend that for one, it's affordable too. The Great Salt Lake is so big that, you know, unless you're super adventurous and you can figure stuff out yourself, but if you're not wanting to worry about it, I would just look up a tour and go out there and they'll show you all the cool spots and the Buffalo and, and the pretty spots of Salt Lake and Antelope Island and all that stuff. So yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so as far as boating, you've got uh, lakes that are, that are surrounding uh, Salt Lake that again, you're only, 30, 40 minutes out, um, you know, lofty peaks is who we refer to. If you want to rent a boat or if you want somebody to, to take you out on a boat and entertain. Um, and we've got, you know, great referrals there and great partnership there. Hiking, obviously you've got within 15, 20 minutes, there would be no way for us to discuss like the actual, 
um, hikes that we would recommend. That would be a totally different episode. But 20, 30 minutes, you have mind-blowing scenery hikes. Uh, so if you're a hiker, I would definitely um, look that up. Um, and again, we'll have to do a, a totally different episode on that. Um, we do have some references on our website as well. Fishing, plenty of good options there. Jordanelle's a great place if you just want to recreationally go go fish. Uh, we recommend it to Salt Lake City Fly Fishing. They're a great partner. They do a great job, and they've actually got some private spots that they'll take you to. Um, and then the other stuff, obviously, Park City. We covered that in our other episode. If you want to get some more insight on, on stuff to do in Park City, um, definitely listen to that episode. Um, I always recommend side-by-sides. They're a good way just to get out and cruise around, see the mountains, see some different spots. There's a lot of places you can go. And then, obviously, golfing. I don't know. I'm not a huge golfer, so I don't know where it ranks uh, nationwide. But I know we have uh, some of the most beautiful courses, and and a lot of the the biggest golfers come out here on a regular basis to golf. Um, They could go anywhere, and I know they spend a ton of time, especially especially between – uh, Park City, some courses up north, and a lot of our private courses are frequented by some of the top golfers out there, literally. Yeah, it's uh, that's one thing, too, that that one thing. I mean, golfing in Utah versus golfing, like, per se, on the East Coast, it is very different. You have different turf, uh, different climate. But one thing that Utahns do value is golf. We have a lot of golf courses, and it's uh, it's actually one one beauty that I think that you see – a lot as you're driving around Utah, you do see a lot of golf courses, which is actually kind of nice. And it's super unique because how many other states, if any, can you go play a golf course on the side of a mountain? I mean, literally, uh, we've got courses that are literally on the side of the mountain. And so you, you get, you know, a diverse landscape and a, a complete different setup. Um, it, you're not going to be able to replicate it anywhere else. So... No, especially if you're going up to Park City um, or surrounding areas, the golf courses up there are incredible. I mean, I have gone up at a 6 a.m. tee time. I've played, you know, 36 holes of golf at the same course. And, you know, just the deer, the wild turkeys, Mm -hmm. the mountains. I mean, it is incredible. I mean, it really is. Bring your shotgun. You can hunt. (laughs) You got to shoot your own own lunch. So moving on to, I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite part, but I, I consider myself a little bit of a foodie and people like to come into Salt Lake and well, people like to travel in general and they like to go eat at good places and then also eat at places that are local that you don't get everywhere else. I mean, you know, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse is a phenomenal place to go grab a steak, but it's not where I recommend to people because it's not like you can't go do that anywhere else. Um, so I've just kind of got it outlined like throughout the day and Chad, you can throw in whatever recommendations you have on it, but a lot of people ask, okay, where, where's the best place to go get coffee? And again, you know, you can recommend, we're not going to have a Starbucks on every corner, like everywhere else. Um, probably due to the, the dynamic of our culture and the people here, there's not, uh, you know, coffee's popular. Don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be the same as if you're in downtown LA. Um, no, it's not. So I, <laughs> I mean, pl- again, you do see a lot of the diversity and the growth coming to Utah, but um, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you've seen this as well, but again, you go back 10, 20 years ago, I wouldn't say that you would see clearly 
as many coffee shops on every corner as you do now, right? No, not at all. And and on top of that, people are a little bit surprised when they come here um, that there's not that the coffee shops aren't as not frequented, but they're not as close together. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're downtown and you're at Temple Square, there, there is no coffee. Like, you're going to have to go outside of, you know, the, the, what I would consider the church boundaries. Because, obviously, the, the, the uh, Mormon church that doesn't support coffee. So, you're not going to be able to go on the temple grounds and go grab a coffee. I mean, you're going to have same thing with alcohol. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of people don't understand that coming in. And, yeah, you might not have a coffee shop on every corner. I mean, it may be, uh, there's some people that come in and they're like, wow, it's, it's really hard to get a cup of coffee around here. And I'm like, well, you know, within a mile is not bad, but they're used to having, you know, a coffee shop on every corner. So it it is a little bit different here. Uh, But as far as coffee goes, the places I would recommend, especially for local flavor would be um, Alpha Coffee, which is actually just right at the, the base of Big Cottonwood. Um, which is a really popular local spot that people like to frequent and, and support. Um, and I know they're backed by uh, a lot of their cause goes towards servicemen and service women um, that they support, which is kind of cool. Beans and Brews is another one that's getting a lot larger, but it is a, a, a local spot. And that's, I love Beans and Brews. I like their stuff across the board is super good. And then public is another one that, that I really enjoy that really gives you a different flair. They've got different flavors and really a different take. It's just not your traditional coffee or hot chocolate. Um, Those are the three Mm -hmm. places that I would recommend. Public is more downtown. Um, Beans and brews is all over the place. Like I I would even, I think they've actually taken over the, the amount of locations even more so than Starbucks within Utah. Not positive on that. I remember seeing something that they were actually larger Hmm. Uh, geographically in Utah than Starbucks was, but could be wrong on that. Any place that you would think on that, that you would add just locally? I mean, there's, especially up in Park City and downtown Salt Lake, there's a lot of local breweries, Um, but I'm not. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. As far as coffee breweries, I mean, there are some local places that are are doing that now. As far as local breweries, I know we're kind of talking about different, you know, places to eat or whatnot, but one major draw is actually Wasatch Brewery or Salt Lake Brewery, um, which is a local um, beer brewery, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wasatch Brewery is, is uh, super famous. They've been around for a long time in that industry. But uh, that's actually one thing. If you are visiting Utah, go to Wasatch Brewery. It's an incredible tour. Um, but that's one thing that's a big staple down in, in downtown Salt Lake. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel bad because I'm not the best person to refer out to breweries and pubs and stuff like that. And Utah does have a, it does have a good scene. Again, it's not going to be LA or different places, but it definitely has its own presence in nightlife and bars. And yeah. And, and things have, like again, the, things have changed as well yep. because just recently, I mean, everybody's known that the Utah liquor laws are, are, are what they are. Mm-hmm. But just recently they uh, changed their liquor laws to where before it was below 4% for utah beer mm-hmm. and now it's not anymore i think it's the same as the rest of the states or at least an equivalent i think yeah so you know again it's interesting to see that that change or the uh the dynamic between the church and the rest of the state right but yeah you also do see things change um so moving on to to breakfast these are my recommendations penny Ann's cafe is a local 
favorite. Their pancakes are phenomenal. Um, or really what they are. call They're as really their hotcakes. Cool and they've got a location. Yep. They've, they've got three locations. Uh, Salt Lake. And then you've got, I think they've got one out west. And then I know they've got one in Draper. So really accessible. Um, you won't have to drive too far to get there if you're in the Salt Lake Valley. They've got three different options. And then the other place, which I know has been like a local hotspot forever, especially for uh, like the Utah Jazz players. And I've heard David Beckham, when he comes into town, he always stops at Park Cafe, which is just right up by Liberty Park downtown. Um, phenomenal place. I mean, through the day, but I know breakfast is like most people in Salt Lake. If you ask them, OK, where's the best place for breakfast? They're probably going to say Park Cafe. Have you ever been there, Chad? Yeah, I have. It's really, yeah, really good. Super good. And it's a cool little environment. Yeah. It's a small place, but it, it's got a cool little environment to it. Yeah, it does. Um, the other place that I recommend if you're health conscious would be Pulp Kitchen. They've got a location downtown. They've got one on the south end of the valley in Sandy as well. Um, super good food. But if you're you're more health conscious, you can get phenomenal food and you're going to have the, the health options. And then... Uh, to take health to another level, I enjoy going to Rotopia, which is up in the Mill Creek area. Um, phenomenal food, but that would be, it, it's for everybody. But if you're vegetarian, vegan, or extreme allergens or anything like that, they're going to be able to accommodate all that. But regardless how you eat, it's a phenomenal place, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, yeah, I agree. Have you ever tried uh, Blue Plate? Oh yeah, yeah. I've eaten at Blue Plate. Blue Plate is is a really good space as well. And there, the hard thing is, there's so many places like that um, around that, is true. that you know we there'd be so many different um, recommendations. But those those are the four that like immediately come to my mind. If somebody caught me off the cuff and they said, "Where should we go to mm-hmm. get breakfast?" That's what I would recommend. Is there any other places that you got? I agree. The only other one would just be, like I said, Blue Plate Diner. Mm-hmm. It's um, only one location, yep. but for some reason, it is incredible. It's a really, really good place for locals and even for people that visit. Super good, and it's just right down on the south end, southeast end of, of Salt Lake, so not mm-hmm. far from downtown, and uh, not far if you're even on the south end of, of Salt Lake Valley either. Um, lunch, I definitely recommend, and Funny enough, Chad and I have some history with, uh, not history, but uh, with the mm-hmm. owners and their background and with Village yeah, Bakery. Connection. I, Village Bakery, I, I highly recommend their sandwiches, soups, salads. Seems like they continually get better. They've got locations. They've really expanded. They're everywhere in the Salt Lake Valley now. Just a great place to go for lunch. Um, it's not going to break the bank, and you're going to get, you know, especially if you just want a sandwich or soup, it's phenomenal. Um, the other place, if you're a little bit more health conscious, that I would recommend that we frequent at when we uh, have clients over for lunch we, is Core Life Eatery. I know they're not – you can't get it everywhere. I think I've heard that they're actually East Coast-based. but um, Are they really? Yeah. I, from what I know, I haven't done my homework on that. But Core Life – I didn't know that, but yeah, they, it is really good and clean, yeah. just healthy, good food. Really yeah. is. And great – for you know nowadays a lot of people have got allergies and they they will meet what vegan uh kosher gluten-free whatever you need and it's the type of thing that it's not food that you have to worry about cross-contamination like pretty much their whole menu is allergen conscious and health conscious but the food is phenomenal 
Yeah, it actually really is. And then the other place is, and I know for me this is changing, um, and I don't want to say anything bad, but the dynamic is changing because Cafe Rio used to be like our local gem. And, and I'm not saying like mm-hmm. it still is, but they, they're large now. I mean, they're not, they're not they a are. small back when, you know, Utahns remember when they had three locations, it was like, you couldn't even, yeah, it was like what early two thousands and there were three locations and it was the local hotspot. And it did, it grew very large and then got bought out by a large company. I think they're taking it to other States, but I mean, yeah, I see it. Good like I was just in food. California. I think they're in Vegas. They've, they've gone East coast. They're big. So like Massachusetts, cause I think whoever is, is taking it over, um, is East coast based, but I still, I don't know. I still refer people there. I, I don't know of many places like that outside of Utah, um, to get your, you know, your big enchilada style burrito or their salads are good, but they do now, you know, just to be honest, they do have more of a chain restaurant feel and the, it's just the yeah. dynamics change. So either there or Costa Vida, I think they're like hand in hand. But Cafe yeah, Rio, to be clear, it isn't. It isn't authentic Mexican. No. It's more of an Americanized, you know, uh, yeah, um, I guess more of an Americanized uh, Mexican. It always reminds. Me, it kind of reminds in. me of like a Tex-Mex a little bit. Yeah, a little. It's bit, a yeah. Southwestern grill. Uh, that's. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, I mean, I guess the equivalent or the their competitive would be. Uh, Costa Vida mm-hmm. and you know again it's all good it really is good Cafarillo started here it's kind of that claim to fame it started in Utah yeah. and you know it's still good yeah so. um and, and then as far as dinner goes um I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this but uh you know I, I do recommend the roof and I have to be honest like the roof has phenomenal food but I don't you know if someone comes down and says give me the best tasting restaurant best food I've ever had in Salt Lake I don't know if I could say the roof is that it has phenomenal food and it has the, the uh, temple square vibe. So I always take people there. The view is amazing. The atmosphere is great. It's fine dining. It's buffet style. I do always recommend it, um, but it is buffet style. So it's not like, you know, if somebody wants swordfish or steak or the best dish they've ever had. I don't know if I'd say, yeah, you got to go to the roof. I'd say no. The roof is more like what home style, just good, you know, good home. Yeah, style home style right fine dining. potatoes, roast beef. Yeah. There is some steak, whatnot. But you know, and again, it is owned by the church, and the views are incredible. You get the entire Temple Square. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, because it's owned by the church, you won't be able to get alcohol. Yep. But um, but again, the food is really, really good. Yeah, and it's just a Utah experience. So I, I you know, it I is. always recommend it. Um. The other place that I, I'm a sushi guy, and if you're a sushi person, I think the best sushi, and everybody that I've taken there that is a sushi snob will agree, um, some of the best they've ever had is at Takashi, which is right downtown. Um, so good. It's super good. I, and then, uh, I, you know, we have a lot of other good sushi spots. Um, Tsunami is another good one. Um, Wasabi and Draper, if you're down south, is a good it's a smaller place. Um, Happy Sumo is a really, really good. Happy Sumo is well. good, but they've kind of moved around. Do you know where their locations are at now? I know they had one at uh, uh, what's the Gateway, and then they had one down in Provo, but I don't know where they're located now. Um, I, well, they still have one in Provo. Um, Anyways, I 
That's why mm. that's, they do have good sushi, but that's the reason why I didn't put it on there. I don't even know where they're located now. No, it says, well, Cottonwood Heights. Oh, okay. So they're just right up Cottonwood, okay, which is on oh, the yeah, east right, side. Yeah, of... it's, it's at the base. Yeah, yeah it's right at uh, 215, right at the base of Big Cottonwood Camp. Yeah, okay. So that would be a good option for sushi, especially if you're wanting it after skiing or coming down from Brighton or Solitude. Uh, Red Iguana is the go-to Mexican place. There's some people that will would probably argue that of like, well, you know, Red Iguana is great, but we recommend this or that. But Red Iguana is there's people I've talked to pilots that literally will just stop when they're in Salt Lake, they'll literally get off, run to Red Iguana, eat and come back. And Red Iguana, uh, from my view, is known for their mole is kind of their their claim to fame. Um, another place, if you want fine, fine dining is Lakai, in, uh, which is located in Sandy, which is on the south end of Salt Lake City. I always tell people, you know, it's it's where a lot of uh, Dumb and Dumber was filmed. But a beautiful landscape, um, great food. Like, and they, they've recently redone their menu and everything. Phenomenal food, phenomenal atmosphere. But it is going to be a little bit richer. It's not going to be yeah, a cheap the price. It is. It is more on the, on the, on the higher side. But the environment, the grounds mm-hmm. um, are incredible. It's, I mean, it's really worth it. Enough. It's worth it, especially yeah. if you've got the money to go spend. I would go eat at Lakai. Um, it's it's an awesome place. Uh, just watch Dumb and Dumber before you go, you go eat there. Um, <laughs> and then go eat there, and you'll see the front door. <laughs> <laughs> well, the front door. And the then front the, door to the restaurant. The fire scene, the restaurant scenes. Um, yep. a lot, there's, there's a lot they, they filmed in and around there, but, um, market street grill is another one at local seafood, um, steak, great food. There's one on the South end, uh, in South Jordan, which would be on the South end of Salt Lake Valley. And then one downtown at, oh, and there's also one up on the, the East side, which is closer to big Cottonwood. So they've got three locations. Um, that's really good if you, especially if you want seafood, that that's what I would recommend or even a yeah, steak. It- Mm-hmm. It, obviously they're known for their seafood um their clam chowder is yeah their clam mm-hmm. chowder is phenomenal really is. Mm-hmm. and then sunday morning brunch is always good there too and i think they start Very that true. at nine or ten but um i already yeah. mentioned rotopia is another good one i mentioned that especially phenomenal food but also for the allergens and the health um aspect and then uh, there's a few other ones downtown but i you know, if somebody asked me for a, a fine dining restaurant, good atmosphere downtown, Bombara is one that's always a good place to go eat. And that's inside a Hotel Monaco, which is a super nice hotel downtown. Okay, yeah. Is there any other place that you that preference that you have? Um, if you're skiing, it's, again, it's right at the base of uh, Big Comet Canyon would be Porcupine yeah, Grill. Yeah, Porcupine Grill. Yeah. Um, especially you mentioned Sunday brunch is, again, incredible. Mm-hmm. If you are in the area, if you're skiing, um, I would definitely recommend Porcupine Grill. And then if you're up at the resorts, especially if you want to go get uh, another another place that comes to my mind when you say skiing would be the Steak Pit up at uh, Snowbird is a great option. Super good food. If you want to go up and mm-hmm. kind of eat that at a resort and go up and get into the mountains and go check that out. Yeah. Great that's place. the other thing is, is all these resorts that, that we mentioned all have ex- exquisite dining. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really do. They have good, good atmospheres. You can ski all day long, you know, get cleaned up and go have a really great 
um, eating experience. So every one of these places and even downtown, that's really one, the fun thing about downtown, even the nightlife is everything's within walking distance. They've done a lot of job, a lot of, of, of improvements, um, with the transit system. Um, you can, you know, get around downtown just by walking around. There's clubs, there's restaurants, there's places to go all within walking distance. Just take the scooters. Now you can just take the yeah, scooters. That's true. <laughs> there's the electric scooters and the electric bikes all over downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> so that would cover dinner for me. Those are the recommendations I'd make. Uh, and then as far as dessert, I get asked all the time, of like, if we want to go get a treat, what do we want to do? I'm biased. Um, I always recommend Fizz. There is Swig is is kind of been a, a local known, um, what we call the old school soda shop, the sugar cookies, the dessert type thing. Um, I'm biased. I always tell people Fizz because I know them personally and I I like their products the best out of everybody. Not speaking down. It, there's a lot of different people that have great products. Soda shops are huge in Salt Lake. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny because in other states you have coffee shops on every corner. In yeah. Utah you have soda shops where it's, you know, you get soda mixed in with coconut cream or, or you know, all these different things. And it's, it's, they are all over the place. And don't get me wrong. They are very, very yeah. good. Right. Very good cookies. The sugar cookies, they have desserts. Um, it's, just these uh, little sugar pits all over the state. <laughs> well, and I've heard that even the soda shops, as good as they are and as great as they are, that that they wouldn't do as well in a in a bigger market. No, I don't think they yeah. would. It's kind of interesting. So that is a cool part that I always tell people. Like that's something you want to do while you're here because you're probably not going to get it anywhere else, especially at the quality exactly. that it's done here because it's such a popular thing, and it's yeah, definitely it's here to stay. <laughs> You know, mixed drinks for the LDS religion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other place I know is super popular is Last Course, which has a lot of different uh, good dessert options, ice cream, cake, you name it. Uh, Very, very good. Maggleby's is another really popular. uh, And I don't, I see, I don't know this. I should have done my my homework on it. But Maggleby's, is that a local? Yeah, it is. Okay, so that would you know be a great place to stop by um great ice cream like over the top ice cream parlor uh that i would recommend stopping at i know they've got one further down south uh yeah magleby is interesting it has a their main location is down in springville utah south of provo actually and their main location is a fine dining restaurant yeah um, they still have all their desserts um but then their other locations and they only have what two or three other yeah i think they've got they three, very many yeah i want to say they've got three locations yeah. i'm aware of draper which is a newer location and then i know they've got one i believe out west and one uh further closer to salt lake but that's right and they're more they're not the fine dining experience they're right. more of the desserts and you still eat obviously but um the one in springville is interesting it's in a very historical building um, you can see where they started, but Maggleby's is really, really good food. Yeah, especially if you, if you want ice cream, that would be the place I'd recommend. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and then the other thing, which has been the, which has been huge lately, is the cookie shops that have popped up. Um, Crumble Cookies is a really popular one. I know Scratch is another one. Uh, you know, if you're going to a jazz game, you can actually they'll deliver it to your seat. And and that's been the cookie thing. I I don't know how they do it from a business standpoint, but um, they do delivery and the cookies are yeah. phenomenal. Like I amazing. do think that again, maybe that's another Utah thing mm-hmm. just because of the economy here, the the demographics here, but I mean, sugar cookies, well, cookies galore, but I mean, they are, they are really, really good. And you and have a delivery system. You can actually 
you know, send a, instead of sending flowers to a friend, you can send a nice, um, you know, dozen cookies or whatnot. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, uh, places to stay here. Obviously, there's Airbnb um, that you can always look up, and there's a lot of different options, whether it be, you know, ski houses, houses in the valley, um, super affordable there. I, I'm a big fan of Hyatt House. Like, we have a we have a Hyatt House here in, in Sandy, and it's got more of that spacious feel, more of a, a full condo, being able to cook, being able to do everything you need to do. Um, hotel Monaco would be more of your, your high end. I know a lot of the celebrities stay there. Um, and then grand America and little America, which are, are pretty much our, our five star, um, you know, our, our best hotels literally, unless you start yeah. talking about deer Valley or something up, you know, in park city. No, I agree. Right? I think in, as far as downtown Salt Lake, grand America, little America, and obviously hotel Monaco, those are, the top the cream of the crop yeah so that that's all i've got anything you can think of that people need to know that are coming to visit salt lake city um well i think uh one place i would actually recommend is the natural history museum oh yeah um utah is obviously interesting because it's it's home to the what is it called the cleveland lloyd quarry which is the largest collection of jurassic era um bones in the entire world yeah. actually um, and, you know, we have a lot of natural resource out here, out in the, you know, Bernal Valley. There's a lot of the natural gas because of this Jurassic era mm-hmm. uh, collection. And the Natural History Museum is incredible. Yeah, if you have some time awesome. to go there, it is a lot of fun. Um, another one right there downtown Salt Lake is Liberty Park. Yep. Um, which part of Liberty Park is the Tracy Aviary. Yeah. A- Aviary. Yep. Right. Which is basically a zoo just for birds, but it's actually, you know, um, um, birds that have been injured or it's more of a how do they call it a like rescue a, bird a, rescue type a, a rescue conservation type type thing but it's actually a lot of fun they have like old school amusement park type thing um the park itself is a lot of fun yeah um trying to think oh one other interesting spot is the cathedral of madeline have you ever yeah yeah cathedral of madeline is super cool that's one thing i think that everybody should visit just because it kind of gives you that old school gothic era architecture that yep. you don't find especially in salt lake right yeah other than the temple so i it's really 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 interesting place to visit yeah and then the you know i would even say the campuses if you want to go up and see university of utah university of utah has got a pretty cool campus and there's some some cool architecture up there i know it's growing so much but that's very true and up there up by the university of utah there's the u which is up on the mountain that's has really really great views also above Salt Lake is, well, I guess there's the Capitol building, which is another place to visit in itself. Yeah. But above that is uh, Enzyme Peak. Enzyme Peak is yeah. an easy little hike right above Salt Lake, actually, and, and you get an incredible view of the entire valley. And then uh, I would just recommend, lastly, too, obviously, Hogel Zoo is phenomenal. And then the the aquarium, the Loveland Aquarium and Draper, especially if you're That's on right, the south yeah. end of the valley, I would definitely recommend visiting those. Yeah, those are great places to take kids. If you're coming in into town with kids, those are great places to visit, especially the zoo or the, the aquarium. Oh, and then I didn't even think about it, but it's it's about 40 minutes north. But if you're looking for an amusement park, Lagoon's a great option. That's very true. We didn't think about yeah. that. It's not, I guess, from Salt Lake, yeah, it's about 30 minutes or so. But um, a great, I mean, it, it, it isn't a, a Seven Peaks, but it's, uh, 
it's up there. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it tries to compete for a local market. And, you mean Six Flags, really Seven Peaks is our water. Six Flags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> seven Peaks is another local. <laughs> Sorry, water Park. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that hopefully that gives, you know, for those of you that are listening, some insight on some stuff that we would recommend in Salt Lake. Obviously, it doesn't even scratch the surface probably, but that's what we would recommend, especially if you're coming in to visit us. Um, that's what we always recommend. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Chad, appreciate you um, joining again and taking your time to to help me out on this. Chad helps us with Absolutely. a lot of other stuff and you know he's busy. So appreciate you helping out Absolutely. and uh, reach out to us if, if you have any questions. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Dave. We'll appreciate it. it.